0: I'm laughing because I came over here on my way to the studio and uh, my wife said, what are you about to do? And I said, I'm going to do a podcast. She just started saying, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. And she started making fun of me so much that I realized that maybe she was telling me a message. Um, But I wanted to come over here. Corresponding proverb, corresponding day. I've been asking this question on Facebook, on LinkedIn. What would you like me to cover? Because we're covering the corresponding proverb to the uh, corresponding day, 3,000-year-old wisdom, but I've been saying that it's applicable in our culture, our systems, in your in your leadership, in your business, in your relationships. And I've been asking people, what subjects would you like me to cover? Well, we've got three today. They come in from David Hamilton, so thank you so much there. We're not going to be running any commercials today because we are power-packed and we are going to get all this in. So David Hamilton had two questions, and uh, Jeff Engel had the other. And so the things that we're going to cover today is how to deal with a toxic boss, career advancement and how can proverbs, reading the corresponding proverb for the corresponding day, how can it advance my career? I want to make sure my mic was on. And also how to build a culture again utilizing proverbs as we go. So let's jump right into this because again, I want to make sure that we get every single thing answered. And uh, it's going to be fire uh, today. I sat down, and uh, Proverbs 3 is probably one of my favorite Proverbs because my dad would always say it. My pops would always tell me. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. and all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And what stuck out to me in this is trust, when I trust in the Lord with all my heart, and I lean. So I lean not to my own understanding, but to his. In all my ways, if I submit to him, he will make my path straight. So watch this. Trust, lean, submit, straight. So if my path isn't straight, I haven't submitted to him truly. If I haven't submitted to him, I haven't leaned on him. If I haven't leaned on him, truly don't trust him. So As we go through here, David Hamilton, thank you so much uh, for doing that. Make sure that you understand, guys. Anything that we're talking about, it's always, I'm running it through the filter of 3,000-year-old wisdom and how it could be applicable today. So dealing with a toxic boss. (laughs) I have to tell you, this one was a tough one because when I saw this comment come through, I was like, Lord, how are you going to take 3,000-year-old wisdom from Proverbs and answer the question about a toxic boss, because I don't even think that word was around in that day, and people weren't complaining about their bosses the way that they do now, but I looked at this. So in verse one through four, uh, these were the questions that came out. There was three questions in how to deal with a toxic boss. Number one, do you have a good name? In Proverbs one through four, it says, my son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life for many years and bring peace and prosperity. Let love, faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. So that was the first question that uh, that was asked: Is you know, when you're dealing with a toxic boss, do you have a good name? Start looking at your name. Start to a- examine your name. I think about David Hamilton. He has a phenomenal name in the in the medical space, um, and he has for years. That's why he can walk into a meeting and not have to. They don't have to do as much due diligence when you're dealing with David Hamilton. It just is what it is because of his name. Same thing with uh, Mr. Jeff Engel. You know what I'm talking about. Your name is incredibly, uh, incredibly esteemed with the people that you're around. So second question is, what are your boss's KPIs? So key performance indicators for the boss, most of the time they have a boss or maybe they're the owner and they have shareholders. So what are their KPIs? What are the things that are most important to them? I was talking to an organization the other day. I got a chance to keynote for them. And what I told them is uh, a boss or owners um, of companies, they're pretty simple. They want three things mainly. Number one, they they want uh, everyone to be happy all the time. Number two is they want a positive return on their investment or in in owner speak ROI. And they want a profit margin, meaning the bottom line or EBITDA, They want that to be high or they have a standard for it. Maybe it's 15%, 20%. If it's in the tech business, it's going to be higher. But understand and know what that is because a lot of times as employees, we just think about the top line revenue and we're not thinking about the bottom line. But the owner or the boss is always thinking about the bottom line. So are you speaking the same language and do you know the boss's KPIs? Number three is do you know who they are? Do you know if they're dealing with uh, maybe their parent is just about to go into a, um, you know, a a convalescent home. Um, are they dealing with a divorce? Are they going through a divorce? Are they having challenges with their kids? All these things. Do you actually know who they are? And I, what what it was looking at in this, the first one, verse one through four, it was asking these questions in uh, verse five through six. Um, it says here in verse five through six, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. Um, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So, uh, the question here was Can you be a blessing in their life? With this toxic boss, is there a place where you could be a blessing to them? And that's only if you know who they are, if you know what their KPIs are, and if you have a good name, will they receive it? In verse 9 through 10, in dealing with the toxic boss, are you maximizing? The real bottom line prophets. It goes back to this in verse 9. It says, Honor the Lord with all your wealth and the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be overfilled, uh, be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. What it means is, are you taking care of the money? Not just your money, but are you taking care of the company's money? Or are you giving the highest amount of profit margin or EBITDA for every single aspect of the business? And then the, uh, the, the next one is, are you making the boss look good to their shareholders or their boss? If they're the owner, solely look at what their profit margin, ask them. If you have a toxic boss, one of the ways to be able to diffuse it is ask them, what profit margin would you like to be at? What percentage of, of, of top-line revenue would you like to be at? And I tell you, it's probably one of the most diffusing things ever. What I found with bosses when I was telling you earlier, they want everyone to be happy. They want a positive ROI on, uh, on their investment, or they want a great profit margin. And then they want everyone to just honestly shut up. And it's not them being insensitive, but as an owner of a company... You want to make everyone happy all the time and you'll do anything for it. Make sure that the profit margin is there and then they would like everyone to stop fussing about the silly stuff. So in verse uh, 11 through 12, these were the questions that uh, that were asked. Are you inviting and celebrating discipline? This is probably one of the hardest ones, right? So it says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent rebuke because the Lord disciplines those who he loves and a father delights in uh, a, a... as a father, the son he delights in. So are you inviting and celebrating discipline in your life? If you're not, what's going to happen is that discipline is going to come in and then you're going to get offended. And if you're inviting it, how can I get better? Are you asking the boss constantly, how can I get better? Well, a toxic boss most of the time is just a boss or like a person and they are going through something. So if they're going through something and I know what it is and then I start asking how I can make them look better and I'm celebrating them in front of other people, I tell you, it can break down so many walls. Are there rough edges in you being addressed in this friction with the uh, toxic boss? That's a question that I'll just leave for you right there in verses 11 through 12. It uh, says that in verse uh, 13 through 18, and I'm going to have you study this and read this. When you assess the earlier questions, are you being, are, uh, will, uh, let me read it again. When you assess the earlier questions, there will be massive benefits. So go back, scrub this back a little bit, and then ask yourself those questions. There'll be massive, massive benefits. In verse 19 through 26, it said, the question was, or, uh, you know, the statement here was, is remember to maintain uninhibited communication that will break down all walls. And then in verse uh, 27 through 31, which you're going to read because I want you to check it out. Do you ever want someone to feel the way that you do? If you have a toxic boss and you're maybe feeling bad about it or whatever it is, you're going home and you're being stressed, all those things, do you ever want someone to feel that way? Well, in verse 27 through 31, it says, do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow, and I will give it to you when you already have it with you. And it goes down the line there. And the last uh, last part is uh, verse 32 through 35. And this one says, is doing right worth it? Is doing right worth it? So it comes back to what we talked about in the first, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I'm not saying that every single toxic boss has a justification for it, but I could tell you that most of the time, they're just a person, and most of the time, they're going through some challenges. And when we find out what their KPIs are, and that KPI is his boss speak. It's key performance indicator. And if you know their language, their vocabulary and their vernacular, then you could talk to them in their language. Uh, watch this. The, when you do the right things for the right reasons, it will bring the right rewards. Okay. In uh, question number two, and we're gonna, we we got to hit this fast because we, we, we are moving. David Hamilton said, how can I use this to advance in my career? And so the question in verse 1 through 4 that I want you to read in, in uh, Proverbs 3, have you taken the time to understand your heart set What you truly believe. Your heart set is what you believe and your belief system. Your belief system comes from what you hear, what you see, and what you become aware of through the senses from people who you value. Have you sat in it long enough to understand what your values are? Once that happens, ask yourself, do I have a good name in my industry? If you want to advance in your career, make sure that you are solid in your heart set, what you believe, your belief system, and that you have established a good name. How can you do that? Read through Proverbs the corresponding, part, the corresponding day. In verse five through six, it asks these questions. Number one, do you trust? Number two, do you lean? Number three, do you submit? And are your paths straight? Watch this. When adversity hits. Because people will say, Hey, I got a good name, but then challenges happen. Maybe there's, you know, challenges in the company or challenges in the culture or whatever it is, and that person's not willing to move forward. Well, I could tell you this when that happens and you skate, most of the time the name is going to follow you. So make sure that you know what you believe at the highest level and then just ask yourself do you trust do you lean do you submit and are your paths straight like do you submit to what you believe in and is your heart set set is is it set in that good name and then when an adversity hits then you'll continue to do the exact same thing that you did when the things were going well. In verse number 11 and 12, it asks the the question, do you adapt quickly? If you want to advance in your career, career, you have to advance quickly. In verse 13 through 18, it says, how often do you apply the knowledge that you have and create advancement through efficient productivity. Let me ask it again. In verse 13 through 18 of Proverbs 3, 3, 3,000-year-old wisdom, it asks the question, how often do you apply the knowledge that you have and create advancement through efficient productivity? When you do that, I could tell you this. You could get any job you want. You could move up all the time if you will efficiently have productivity. Meaning that it's not just about the top line, but you efficiently do that and you lift other people up. And then the uh, next one, next question in this is how often do you innovate? How often are you coming up with new ideas that benefit the company? and benefit you. So it's a win-win situation. And in verse uh, 21 through 26 in career advancement, uh, grade your communication on a a scale of 1 to 10. Verse 27 through 35, how often do you allow yourself to fail? And then last question in this is, who are you speaking life to and mentoring? If you are doing these things, Proverbs 3, 3, 3,000-year-old wisdom, it's amazing. The corresponding proverb for the corresponding day career advancement. Career advancement is as simple as this. Watch, and I'll run through it pretty quick. It says here, uh, have you taken the time to understand your heart set and what you truly believe? Do you have a good name? Do you trust? Do you lean? Do you submit? Are your path straight in believing what it is that you're doing, especially when adversity hits? Do you have the ability to adapt immediately? How often are you applying knowledge that you have and cre- uh, to create advancement through efficient productivity and how often do you innovate grade yourself on your communication of one to 10 and how often do you allow yourself to fail who are you speaking life to and who are you mentoring now question number three comes from uh, from jeff angle and this is culture this is crazy we're 14 minutes in but i want you to i want to give you as much value as possible okay culture right um We got to understand the the meaning of this. So I'm going to go to a book. I like this book right here. It's called The Vibe, and the reason why I I I love it is because I wrote it. It's 117 pages, and honestly, it uh, breaks down. I mean, what the missing ingredient is to almost every single thing in business, which is the vibe, the way that people feel about your leadership, the way that people feel about your culture, the way that people feel about your systems. doesn't matter what system you use, culture you use, uh, leadership you use, if the vibe is off. So I'm going to refer to this one here in a bit, um, but we're sticking to Proverbs. So in verse one through four, it asks that, uh, or asks the definition of culture. What it is, is to maintain conditions for suitable growth. That's all a culture is. But that means that a culture has to adapt and it's alive. It's not a set of rules or placards on the wall. Make sure of this. Every single uh, company, I've had people come to me and say, oh my gosh, my company is lacking culture. No, no, no. Every company has a culture. It's just, did you choose it or not? Were you intentional about it? And once we realize that, when people show up late constantly and we say it's because of lack of culture, no, no, no. Your culture is that people show up late. Your culture is that people talk back to the boss. Your culture is that the boss is allowed to talk down to people. That's what the culture is. So how are we able to change that? So there's four questions in this. Um, number one is why are you doing it? Like why is the company doing what it is doing? Are you in touch with that? Do you understand it? When I speak to organizations, I hate asking this question. Well, I like it. Um, but, I refrain from it sometimes, but I've asked when the owner is present, why is this company in business? And I get so many different answers that have nothing to do with why the company started because the communication is off. So we need to make sure that we look at it from a a side of, let me go to this really quick. So if we look at, Number one, we look at the vision. Number two, we look at the leadership. Number three, we look at the culture. And number four, we look at the systems. Okay? So when we look at the vision, it has to be translated. So why are you doing what you're doing? In verse 1 through 4, it addresses this. In verse 5 through 8, it addresses it. And in verse 32 through 35 of Proverbs 3, 3, 3,000-year-old wisdom addresses it. And then the second question is, what is your story? Well, this story, your story, if you read from Proverbs 1 or Proverbs 3, verse 1 all the way through 35, that will be what your story is. I'm not going to give it away. It's it's a bestseller. And I tell you, if you read it, it's amazing. Second uh, second, or third question is what is your definition of success? And so in this, it's verse 9 through 10. And I'll just hit this. Honor the Lord with all your wealth, with your first fruits for all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What's your definition of success? Is it just the money? Or is it doing the absolute right thing according to what you believe? In verse 13 through 20, it goes through and talks about your definition of success. And in verse 21 through 24, it talks about your definition of success. The last one, the last question that you have to ask yourself is: what is your threshold for your belief system? In a culture, we gotta ask this. Mike Tyson said it, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And what is your threshold for your belief system? And all is good until all is not good, right? In verse uh, 11 and 12, it says, My son, do not dis- uh, despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord's discipline, uh, the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. What is your threshold for your belief system? In verse 11 through 12, uh, verse 25 and 26 so have you no fear, uh, have no fear of sudden disaster or of ruin that overtakes the wicked for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from uh, being snared. What's your belief system when you, when, is it good until the trouble comes? And then in verse 27 through 31, it brings it on home. So four questions in that culture. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is your story? What is your definition of success? And finally, what is your threshold for your belief system? Guys, we just went through a toxic boss, career advancement, and culture. That was because of you. Thank you so much, Mr. David Hamilton. Thank you, Jeff Angle, location tech uh, here in Encinitas, California. And what I want to keep challenging ourselves to do is to truly, truly look and read and study corresponding proverb, corresponding day, not because the religion, not because of any ritual, But just because of a relationship, and when we have a right relationship with God, what starts to happen is we read the word, then it starts to read us. And today, it read the questions, which was amazing. And the word comes alive. Corresponding proverb, corresponding day, 3,000-year-old wisdom. My name is Kelly Cardenas, and I'm officially off the hot seat. Peace, love, and soul.